Welcome to the Wealthy Money Property Podcast, your ultimate resource to unlocking your inner property guru and building a property investment portfolio. Now, introducing your host for the show. Let's go. <laughs> hey, property magicians, that's me so saying let's go. Welcome <laughs> to episode seven. Me too. My name is Vangile Makwakwa and I am the host of the show and I help women of color heal ancestral money trauma so that they can fall in love with their bank accounts, increase their income and live their best lives. You can find me on Wealthy Money on the Facebook group and the Facebook page. Find me on Instagram and Twitter and LinkedIn under Vangile Makwakwa. And with me is my incredible co-host. The incredible co-host, thank you, Vangila, is Dr. Miranda Mum on all the platforms. Dr. Miranda Mum. My landing page is propdocmum.com. I am a property mentor for beginner investors, property investors. I take you from curiosity to a proper property investor with some information at hand. It's a 16-week program where we learn the basics, the basics of property investing, and you can take it from there. Follow us on Wednesdays. We do podcast highlights on Instagram, either on Vangile's platform (laughs) or my platform, because we have so many valuable gems on this podcast, Mm. and some people have been heard the backstory or the old podcast so follow us on instagram dr miranda prop doc mom we are on we are on all those platforms how are you Mm. doing wow i'm (laughs) doing good um i think just like you it's nearing the date now yeah. <laughs> um, a Saturday, March 27 and March, March 26th and March 27th, right? Where we're no, going 27, to be. 27, 28. Oh gosh, 27th and 28th. <laughs> so guys, catch us this weekend. This is when this podcast will, um, this podcast is on Tuesday the 23rd. So make sure that you catch us this weekend on the 27th and the 28th. Mizo and I are doing a Podbean panel. And if you haven't gotten your spot yet to catch us on the panel and to get access to very specific podcasts that both of us have recorded, we've done separate podcasts um, for this. You want to catch this and we will be sending out links in the newsletter on how you can get free access without paying but we only have a hundred spots each right so oh we have quite a lot of people on social media (laughs) on the mailing list and on those podcasts but it's going to be first come first serve we're excited about that um so yeah i think i'm just mentally just preparing for that and mm-hmm. resting. Yeah, that's where I'm at. Where are you at, Miso? <laughs> I am. I am. I am where my guest has put. Our guest has put me. I am in panic <laughs> mode. I have a boundary wall between myself and my neighbor that needs urgent attention because he built on top of my retainer wall which is why we have got the guest that we have. He came to give me an engineering, um, an engineer's uh, perspective on what to do with a wall that has shifted. You know, we've had so many rains. So Jesus. the defect, yeah, the defect of my neighbor's wall is showing, it's glaring, it is an everyday concern. When I open the blind in my study, it freaks me out. And when I called him, he confirms that I should be freaked out. So, and yet, what does he do? He confirms. He confirms. And then what does he do? No, he has. He is writing me an engineering perspective because if he sees a dangerous thing, you know. He, oh no! Oh, I thought your neighbor confirmed. No, the neighbor no. The, Oh, you oh, Farai confirms. Okay, that's Farai, our guest. That's how I get. I got him. He came to give me yes. an engineering 
opinion about the wall. Yeah. And I told him the story and he says, absolutely, you can see your wall is solid underneath. This neighbor of yours goes and builds on top of your retainer wall. And a retainer wall is an expensive wall. It's got double walling. You put in all sorts of reinforcements and then you put concrete in between. He goes and builds some cheap structure on top of it. And his cheap structure has moved after all the rains in Johannesburg. So it's leaning. It is looking horrific. And the city council, because their inspectors are bought, I think they gave him an occupation certificate without checking whether he's got an engineering certificate for his bit of the wall. So that's Ooh. what he said. See, those, these are the reasons why we have experts come on the show. I know. You know? I know. So people Freaky. can know what to do in such situations. So, yeah. guys, for this episode, our guest is Farai Kudza, and he has come to give us all the knowledge around structural civil engineering and how you work with structural civil engineers and Absolutely. why they're important for a building yeah. project. Wow. Because this is, these are the things that happen in real life when people don't involve engineers. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. And, and we've got investors here who are all ambitious. They want to build a mm. multi-let and you are trying to build a multi-let in the back of the house that you have now. There are things to be considered and that's why we've got Farai on the show. Yes. You are in for another, educate, another educational session. So yeah. take a listen. Yep, let's go. Let's do it. Okay. Hey, Sarai, thank you for joining us. Hi, how are you guys? Thank you for inviting me. <laughs> we are great. We are great. Shane, Farai was hijacked. He came to look for to look at my engineering concerns on my building, and then he ended up as a guest. But thank you for saying yes, Farai. You're welcome. You're more than welcome. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. So, Farai, who are you? What do you do? Please enlighten us. All right, thank you very much. My name is Farai Gudza. Uh, I'm a civil engineer by profession, okay. 16 years experience. Uh, I've got a funny story here. I think I was <laughs> around nine years old. Yeah. Uh, well, when I was growing up, my, my parents always said, you when everything, anything is broken in the house, they wait for me to come back uh, from school and then say, no, father will sort this thing out. Don't worry, he's coming to sort this thing out. So one day my father, you must be an engineer when you grow up. Huh? Me thinking, an engineer, engine, what? oil. Ah, daddy, oh. oil is not my thing. <laughs> oil is not my thing. <laughs> That's not the only engineering profession that is there. And then I think I, I took this from my father. <laughs> so, <laughs> so this is a little bit of me. Uh, married two boys. And then, uh, yeah, uh, I've been staying in South Africa for since 2008. Uh, okay. So I, we, I'm usually consultant civil and structural services. That's what I mainly do. No, okay. What does that even mean? Civil and structural services. You build bridges. <laughs> That's all the <laughs> thing I can Yeah, uh, this uh, <laughs> is you, you, you know what? Personally, I, I didn't even understand civil engineering mm -hmm. until I went to the college and realized, ah. So this road is not like they just come and put things here. Someone has to go and do calculations, etc. So civil yeah. engineering is, is probably everything you see. Where you are sitting, I think you are in a building. The walls that are there, that is yeah. the built environment. It's civil and structural engineering. Yeah. So everything that you see, either built by men, men or by the natural environment, all of that is civil or structural engineering. Okay. Mm. Okay. So, Farai, we've had uh, some architects on here, um, interior architects yes. as well. We've yeah. had quantity surveyors. 
Where do civil engineers fit in this building structure? Where are you? Because we know what the architects do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we know, uh, now what we know what the quantity surveyor, uh, surveyor does, but where are you in this? Uh, as far as building are concerned, we, we are the ones who, gives you, who give you bonds or the structural frame of the, of the building. Uh, I was saying to the okay. other, this other guy, our, our scenes are, are usually hidden behind a, na- a nice paint from the architect or something. So we are the oh. ones who make the architect's dream stand. Uh, oh. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, you yeah. make the architect's dream stand. Okay. Yes. So he can, he can draw a beautiful building, but yes. if you say, ah, that's not going to work. It's just flesh. I'll come and give him the bones. Yeah, no, we need to put this particular thing here to make oh. it not be stand, not collapse. Yeah, so this oh. is where we where we come in. I see. Oh. So, at what stage then um, this, does the civil engineer come in? When my plan is drawn, it doesn't go to council before you see it, or how? When, at which stage of a development does it, does it come in? Does the architect check with you? Yeah, but the the normal procedure here is the architect draw up the plans, draw up the scheme, etc. And then you just pass through the engineer. Mr. Engineer, is my dream, is it achievable? Is it something that can be designed in life? Or is is it something that can be built in life? And then you can just have a preliminary look and say, no, this is okay. This should be, this, this is buildable. And then we can we sign the council forms yeah, to get down the plan and then he does his sub he council submissions and then that's when we start engaging or being part of the of the project. Oh I see. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Very, wow. Very. So 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 I see. So before he takes the plan, you have had a look and you can sign on it to yes. say, yes, it's buildable and it can go. Okay. So yes. your services are costed from that time and throughout the life of the project or when do you just get called in and out of the project? Uh, we, we usually, well, uh, most of our projects are dependent on having a, a friend architect. Uh, so. I will just ah hi friend where well, I've got this this thing I've drafted I've got this client they've got this thing that they are putting together I uh, here are some plans for you uh, how much do you want for this particular stage then I just calculate my hours uh, probably oh, I'll need five see. four hours on this thing and my rate per hour is this uh, and then uh, you just take this to the client and then uh, if they are willing to negotiate then I'll go be open for that. Okay. okay, so are you paid by architectural firms as well? And I, or are you hired by individuals? By the client, yeah. We, okay, we, we usually get referrals yeah, from architects mm-hmm. and then uh, they just recommend to the client, these are the guys that I usually work with. Uh, I recommend that you appoint them and then you'll be paying them directly ETC. So that's how the arrangement is usually like. Okay, okay. Mm. So in terms of people, you know, we've had lots of people here who have um, multi-lets and stuff. Do you get involved Mm. in the zoning at all? How does it work? Are you any different from the engineer that's sitting on that other side in the municipality when you are a private consultant? Yeah, we we usually engage those are those are the guys who usually give us the final signatures. The guys from the municipality, so we we usually consult them because they are the ones who have got their latest bylaws. They know what yeah. are their expectations within their region. So these are our friends. We usually consult them when we we do this project. Okay, so um, do you, so how does it work? It's that the municipality, uh, you guys go to the municipality and work hand in hand with them. And can you help or can you help clients with the rezoning? Mm. So let's say I'm this client. I have yes. a building. I want it rezoned. 
can I call in a structural engineer to say, please help me with the rezoning process? Or you don't get involved in that? Uh, we don't usually get involved. The, the rezoning is done by a town planner. Okay. Uh, yeah, so these are the professionals okay. that are usually responsible for that, for that aspect. Mm. Uh, yeah. Mm. Ah, I like that. I like that you, you mentioned the town planner. So um, let's say someone is going to build a town, um, a, a group of townhouses, right? You, mm -hmm. I'm on it. I had bought a site, one hectare, and I want to build townhouses. Give us the major considerations that a civil engineer looks on site. There might be a developer, a young developer who's listening here. Some, some of our listeners are property investors and they are at different times um, or they are at different stages of their development. Um, so what are the major considerations that a civil engineer looks at on site? All right, this is based on my experience in the 16 odd years that I've, uh, I've worked. Uh, yeah, uh, as a civil, if, if you've got a development or if you want to uh, sort of like densify a certain area. Right. Number one, probably if they look at the geotechnical conditions uh, okay. of the area, the implications might be, number one, you are not even allowed to build there. So what uh, is, is that what you mean by geotechnical considerations? Yeah, so this is the soil analysis that is done on a on a particular area, just to determine what is the strata of the material that is underlying that particular stand. Uh, here in South Africa, if you look at how ten, twenty five percent of uh, of the area they call it it's dolomitic. This is your uh, soils which are rich in in calcium carbonate. I think you have seen oh, okay. uh, videos of where houses just collapse, like it going to the ground 50, 20 meters underground. Yes. It's because of that soluble material that usually gets dissolved by groundwater over a long period of time. So oh, here in wow. South Africa, Gauteng, a quarter of Gauteng has got that soil <laughs> underneath. So yeah. your chances of encountering mm. that uh, uh, that material, yeah, it's quite high. That's it's also high. why the government uh, has worries about certain informal settlement developments because True. of that. Oh, oh I see. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. That's why they won't mm -hmm. allow people to just build anywhere because it's not just that they're refusing with the land, it's also because of it's dangerous. People can yes. die from that. Yeah, and in most cases, there's no warning. Yeah, in a few seconds, wow. you look at the bag; the entire house is swallowed by by a sinkhole. Wow. So that's how dangerous these things are. There's virtually little wow. warning. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. So that's and the when I think about it, yeah, and what else is there that one needs to consider? It's what I call bulk engineering services. Uh, uh, these okay. are your uh, availability of water, mm -hmm. uh, sewer services, uh, roads and stormwater around your around your development. Mm -hmm. I've got uh, currently I've got uh, what four projects in. In, I want to label a municipality here. <laughs> in, <laughs> in, in city of Jobek. We can't yeah. proceed right now with the rezoning post. They are just saying, sorry, we can't do, we don't have adequate water to supply to your to your development. And that's okay. it. Yeah, that's it. Your your your, your, your development just stops there. You no can't way. do anything further. Seriously. So now, what do you do then? Because you own the Sh land. I know. Probably paid money for the land. Oh, I, wow. I, I think I think as a developer, you, you must have uh, some friends just hey guys, I want to buy this property. What's your what's your advice in this area? We can just be on top of our head telling you, ah, please don't invest a lot here. There are problems here. Because we have got an idea of the challenges that uh, many municipalities are facing regarding these bulk services. 
So before you, you, you engage or before you buy anything, just, just call your civil engineer friend, your town planner, whoever they can, they should be able to advise on what challenges we might face in that particular area. I like what you've just said. Hmm. Wow. Before you buy a piece of land, because then you are stuck, you are stuck. Yeah, because I'm sorry, not all of us are honest here. We, I've got a friend who got sold a piece of land which is dolomitic, and he was told, no, say, you can't build here. What you can only do is to farm vegetables and, and millets, and then that's it. Yeah, so. Wow. <laughs> Let me just go take, so take you back to the dolomitic thing, um, uh, dolomitic. Dolomitic, yeah. <laughs> dolomitic, dolomitic positions. Does yeah. it does it have anything to do with the fact that Houting Houting was a mining zone, mm. or is it is it just structurally that's just how it is? That's how it is. Yeah, it's it's just okay it's naturally. Okay. Uh, yeah, those conditions just okay naturally. And okay. I think you've raised you've raised another important point there. Yeah, the, the, there's a feature which is called the undermining, where pro probably you want to build somewhere, and there was an old mine underneath. So the, you can be told, oh. eh, don't even build anything here. We have got mines which are not decommissioned properly. So chances of also uh, the ground just caving in are quite high. Yeah. So if you look at areas like here in South Africa in Boxberg in Gauteng. Yeah. Uh, go to Soweto there. Yeah. Yeah. Even Rodeport. Yeah. Even Rodeport. Yeah. Yeah. It's very close yeah. to Deben mm. Deep and stuff. Yo. Yeah. Sure. yeah. Wow. Hey. So, so it sounds. Sorry, mm -hmm. Misa. It sounds mm -hmm. like a, stra a civil engineer, a structural civil engineer, should have been brought in right at the beginning of the project. Right before you even think of, as you're thinking of buying the land, is that when you guys should have been called in? Yeah, well, I personally suggest that you you just have some friends that you can just give a call. Yeah, hey, I've, I've identified this thing. What's your what's your take? What's your suggestion? We should be able to offer some advice. So right okay. at the start, you're right. Right at the start, just have some civil structural engineer friend that you can just call and then to give you advice on some of these potential risks that you might encounter on the, okay. uh, on the So tell me, Farai, do you mm. guys, do you guys go and read the soil just like uh, the geotech people do before oil drilling or who does that? Who does it? Yeah. The investigation. Yeah. We, yeah, yeah. we, the, there are also, there's another division of civil engineering, which is called the geotechnical engineering. So okay. it's, yeah, it's another division again of civil engineering. So these are the guys who specialized in those uh, soil studies. Uh, but however, we've got an advantage. We've got uh, uh, records of uh, these okay. investigations that are done in the past. So we've got maps of, the, of this entire country which shows yeah. you that in this particular area we've got uh, these are the soils that are prevalent in this particular these are the conditions that are there so from the from the first look that's the information that is usually used uh, used to just to advise um, a prospective buyer on a piece of land okay mm. that's mm. important yeah let's talk about professional fees all i know is that um in in a development plan they'll have written there 20% goes to the professionals and you're sitting there like 20% of my 4 million development. Really? <laughs> so what, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, it's so hard to read those things. How are professional fees charged for structural engineers? Is it determined by the market? Is it determined by the size of the project? Is it determined by your experience? How are the is determined and what should one expect when they are doing a development? All right, so in determination of fees, there are two aspects. Yeah. Uh, we've got what you call time-related uh, fees. Okay. And then we've got what you call, uh, well, they are fixed 
their fixed fixed fees are dependent on the uh, construction cost of the project. Yeah, okay. uh, this is this is what will charge you when the project is is now is now active when uh, we are guaranteed the project is going forward. So you will be having your quantity surveyor on the project. Uh, who, who can prepare a budget for all of these things and then tell you uh, for civil infrastructure engineer, yeah, the cost of foundation slabs, the roof, etc., is gonna cost two million. Yeah. Uh, it's gonna cost two million. So after out of that, and then we calculate uh, there are guidelines that you can find on the engineering oh. council South Africa website just oh, to calculate okay. these fees. Or but the usually it's only on a sliding scale. Uh, mm -hmm. The higher the cost of the uh, of the construction works, usually the percentages usually go down that we usually charge. And then we are also faced with the events where we charge just some time time based fees in case you just want you call me uh, for I've got this problem at my house just come and see how much do you charge me I know it will take me an hour uh, my rate per hour is a thousand runs so uh, mm. yeah that's it yeah so this okay. is how we usually determine the fees there are two ways one is the it's based on the construction costs when the project is now guaranteed that it's going forward we can easily calculate mm -hmm. those based on the cost of the works. Okay, construction costs and hourly fee. Yeah, yeah and hourly fees, yeah. Yeah. Ah. yeah, that's it. Okay. Oh, interesting. And, and, and they are... Mm -hmm. Okay. Go ahead, then. So, Misa, in terms of uh, building trends, what could you tell us about what you're seeing in terms of civil structural engineering? Wow, that's actually kind of a mouthful, that entire title. Mm -hmm. so okay. Can you tell us what you're seeing about them, any kind of materials that are being used? Do you guys have a say? I'm guessing if you are saying these are the structures, this mm -hmm. will hold, this wall will mm -hmm. hold, this wall won't, you yeah. have a say in these are the materials that would be best to be used. Absolutely. Right? Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. So what trends have you been seeing? Yeah, let me take for example houses. Uh, we mm -hmm. we usually had a problem in the past uh, when you're doing sort of like a, a first floor slab for a house. Remember, yeah. you have to bring yeah. in your props, your shutter, and then you we you, you have to tie the rebar, everything, and then you pour concrete. Mm. Uh, yeah, that has resulted in a lot of mistakes. And uh, okay. remember, when you pour concrete and then you, I come in and inspect, uh, sorry, Mr. Contractor, this thing has failed. Can you please take it down? It's uh, wow. lots of money. <laughs> Some people haven't taken it quite well in my, in my, in my practice. So there's this now, this new technology, which, which they call rip and block or prefabricated slabs. Oh, what do you yes. do? Yeah, these things are made in the in the factory. Someone comes and measures. Your slabs are made in the factory. Quality control is perfect because the environment is controlled. So you are, okay. guaranteed, you are guaranteed of a quality product. Okay. The chances of making mistakes on, on site are very minimal because this thing has come as a unit. Yeah, you just come and then place it in there. And then what you just need are just props to hold it when you're building on top and then that's it. So less arguments with the engineer uh, oh. and probably happy clients yeah. because they've saved money on time. Uh, you don't yeah. need time to wait for it. I know this, the concrete is curing. We can't build now because we're waiting for it to harden. Yeah, but with oh. prefabricated slab, once they are in, the following day you are ready to, to build. Uh, to feather build. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, this is one of the one of the innovations that I've seen. Friends. Yeah, this is quite 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 helpful. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. thinking, and what uh, is it in terms of sustainability and green building? Does it have any impact? Yeah, uh, I know. It's basically, still the same material, but you from the client side, you save money on construction costs. Like you'll be saving time, the actual contractor has to be on site because uh, you're saving money on the PSNGs, etc. And they are also guaranteed of a quality of a quality product. So those are the those mm -hmm. are the those are the benefits. 
uh, mm. that we've realized. And uh, one of the things that is that is becoming popular, it's what I call modular, modular construction. Okay. Where you've got these panels that are made offsite, and then when you want you want to build the house, these panels, you've got your other walls ready, they just come and put it there, anchor, and then it's uh, it's already there. But I think here, here in South Africa, or in Africa generally, we are we are still a little bit behind, but this is one of the things to watch out for. It's gonna grow very popular in a few years to come. Wow. Wow. Okay. What so is construction? Yeah, that's interesting. Mm -hmm. So panels, because most panels, if I'm understanding, most panels are steel panels, right? Yeah. Um, and then they just come into the house and they don't always look pretty. <laughs> so, um, yeah, like when people design the homes, the steel panels, sometimes they yeah. leave them bare and then yeah. it just causes issues. What, yeah. I mean, no offense, but a panel is a panel. What makes these ones so different? Yeah, there have been some recent innovations regarding this. Uh, uh, we are currently doing uh, a project uh, in, in one of the townships where this is being implemented. Uh, they are having these two gypsum boards on outside, and then they fill the, uh, the middle section with the lightweight concrete. So once that is plastered and painted, you won't even see the difference between brickwork and that uh, in that particular uh, system. So uh, there have been some innovations lately. Uh, so it's yeah. hard for you to notice the difference. Yeah, that's uh, still thing. I, I don't I don't like it. It makes the environment hard and everything. But we do have some recent innovations, uh, uh, which have got the same look and feel. Uh, if if you want to see probably br some brickwork, yeah, uh, we 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 do have. Do you know that you can cut your actual brick into like ten small pieces, and then plaster it on a wall, and then the actual look and feel is it's it's a brick, but ten millimeters behind that, no, it's not a brick. <laughs> it's some other material. So these are so the, even the materials for bricks are changing. Yeah, they are also changing. They are okay. also changing. Mm. Mm. So Farai, now that you are here, I'm just taking mm. advantage of you mm. uh, because you have got um, a sense. Tell me why the shipping containers work as 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 a structure that one can use in buildings are you saying the engineering is sound on building containers what makes it sound or oh, not sound in your opinion <laughs> okay I, I think about those are there are a lot of those things i think some people are just trying to get rid of them yeah there are a lot of them like uh, okay. a lot, yeah. So that's the number. Containers. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's the, num the number one. You can even actually achieve the same structural integrity, uh, even if you do, you can do your own panels like those locally, and then you can just build a house similar to that without buying a container. But it's just okay. these things are a lot of them, so it's uh, it's it's cheaper to get. This, it's cheaper to get uh, yeah. shipping containers because they are a lot. Yeah, they are a lot. Uh, there are a lot of them. Oh, this makes my heart happy. Because mm. <laughs> they're cheaper to get and they are a lot. That means they're like, now we can yeah. use shipping containers. Because So we just want to, I guess what Miso wanted to also double check is the durability We've heard how durable shipping containers mm. are. As a structural engineer, mm. can you back that up? Yeah, I can. You, you just, you, they just need regular maintenance, painting. I think that's it. Nice. Yeah, they are quite, yeah, yeah. They're quite durable. I think those, those things have got a design life, what you call 100 years. They can live for 100 years if they look well after. Okay. It sounds like literally yeah. shipping containers yeah. is with my heart. Is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 That's such an important thing to say. 
Ben, yeah. um, is there anything else I wanted to know from Farai? Uh, very interesting about civil engineers because I think um, we there is so much that happens in the background of of developing a site, and mm. no one actually knows about it until you see a wall. Uh, the wall at the back of my house is a dangerous wall because my neighbor has done something funny there. <laughs> so, <laughs> guys, you know, yeah, so I, I have a, I have new respect and appreciation of built <laughs> built environments. Yeah, Miss Ramat said I've encountered this. This is a quite a common problem. We uh, I only oh, get call, yeah I only get calls when some something's wrong. But who, who built this thing? Ah, no, someone came and put his head, he has got knowledge of this, and this is what happens. Ah, yes, this is a guy ran away with a lot of money of you yet. <laughs> so, uh, it, it, That's it, it, I also remember. Yeah. yeah. We don't, we're new to this world of you guys, your structural, your civil engineering, yeah. your quantity yeah. surveyors. It, you find a guy that says, I can build a wall for 500 yes. rand. Hi, yeah. my guy, you are my person. That's one of the reasons why I said uh, I must join this podcast. I think you, you are doing a very good thing to educate yeah. the public regarding, regarding yeah. this. This is a quite, uh, quite an important thing that you are doing here. Yeah, yeah, if people are, we believe people are educated on the processes and the risks that are associated with these things. I think we will we'll be executing these projects much, much, much better. I think I really appreciate your effort. This is a good thing. You must keep it on. Thank you. So that being said, I also yeah. just was very interested. So Misa just mentioned her wall with her neighbor. Are there any common things that people usually call you for after the yes. fact? Like after the fact. Uh, crazy walls, just so that people can know. Because like now someone is listening to this podcast and they know, like honestly, I am that person. Okay. Yeah. We'll pay someone that says I can build your wall for two thousand rand. Say no more. You know, right. I don't need anything <laughs> else. <laughs> like we are, we are here for this. Let's keep it moving. So, right. But now, because of this podcast, I know <laughs> these things can't be done. Just like yeah. this. <laughs> in South Africa, yeah, they, when you are done with your project, you have built, you are done, they should give you what you call a certificate of occupation. Yes. It's from the municipality. These guys are clever. What do they need there? One of the crucial things is a signature from an engineer. Yeah. All this time you've not been engaging an engineer and then comes with the certificate, ah, you must sign this completion certificate for me. The, the municipality wants it. Ah, you are done with the with, with that house of yours? Yeah, no, I'm done. I come to inspect. Eee, this thing is going to collapse tomorrow. Yeah, I can't. <laughs> I can't sign. So the, those are the some of the frequent challenges that I usually meet in the industry. And I, you know, it, it depends my heart when I see it sometimes. Ah, but guys, the contractor was here. He knows these procedures. He knows what needs to be done. No, right. they don't. Yeah, Farai. Farai, these people, mm -hmm. Mina, I can tell you, uh, speaking yeah. of my neighbor, he picked up some guys from outside of Builder's Warehouse. He's yeah. not a contractor. Yes. It's a bricklayer. Mm. That's not a contractor. It's not a developer. It's a brick layer so what has happened is he built the wall and i think he he bought someone at the municipality to pass it and yeah that's 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 exactly why why we have got the situation with the yeah. wall so you know that pains me when you say when you say that it is it is exactly what happens yeah. people think ah oh you got a loan from the bank to build this wall no way yeah. i'm not building but they don't understand that you are building an expensive wall for the safety of the property safety of your neighbors safety of yeah. everybody True. now we have got a situation True. Mm. So, so, yeah. so, so, so some other some other developers might Problems. see 
uh, yeah, our fees is expensive, or why am I paying this guy, ZTC? But it, it gives you peace of mind. Yeah. Remember, when, a, when an engineer designs your house, we've got something which is called the professional indemnity. In case something goes oh. wrong, you can go and to, to, to that professional insurance guy and say, ah, no, the, one of your engineers, he, he didn't do his work well, so someone developed it. This is costing $5 million to fix. And then they take money from that insurance. This is the advantage. Uh, it's not like we are not going to run away with a lot of money, but uh, this is the advantage. When something goes wrong, you can go to the insurance and say, I need money uh, to fix what this uh, civil engineer has uh, sort of like made mistakes on. So this is one of the advantages of having professional guys on your on your project. You've got some somewhere to follow. Yeah, yeah. so, okay. oh, wow, such that's important. such a great point. So I guess oh, it's such an awesome question follow up that was actually very important to this. So if things go wrong on your property, you can get um, insurance. And then yeah. my other question was to just say, can, oh yeah, that was my question. Can a real estate investor, as me as an investor, can I demand that my construction company has a civil engineer on board? Or is it my responsibility to go and hire the civil engineer? Uh, I prefer that you have a civil engineer uh, on board. Remember, oh, you, you, that are, you ask the construction guys to say, yeah, you, please yeah. have them on the team. Yeah, have them on the team. Okay. Uh, remember, the, the guys who are executing the work is actually, a, it should be actually a civil engineer with a civil engineering background. Because mm. some of the drawings that we that we provide are, are really complicated and they need to be interpreted by a person who has been trained in that industry. So mm. uh, we, you need a professional person to interpret some of the information that we usually provide when we do our designs. Yeah. Okay. Wow, this is really good. Wow, man. So, so far, I, what you are saying again is, so my developer can be mm -hmm. really necessarily a bricklayer. It is totally necessary for him to be understanding materials, material specifications and what to buy because, because I'm going to meet a developer. And he says, no, I, I did it. Yeah, I did this thing. And so you don't worry, my sister, don't worry. Right. <laughs> so he needs to be able to read that this type of steel is not compared to like I really I get worried. The people who build sometimes they say, yeah, 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 they know, but they don't really. And what mm. sort of concrete, what texture, what? Yeah, you, you, you are true. The unfortunate, the unfortunate thing is that this that particular side of, of the industry is not regulated very well. Uh, yeah. I've seen some guys, yeah, who, yeah, who just say, "No, yeah. I can do everything. I can do anything." But uh, I think he, the onus is on the government just to try to regulate this industry. Uh, we have seen some things falling and probably killing people. It is. Uh, uh, so this is not the yeah. impression that we want in the industry. So if, I think the government mm. should try to find ways to regulate yeah. the, regu regulate these services. Yeah, you know, it's a common theme on this podcast with a lot of uh, professionals in the industry that keep coming to talk about industry regulation. That there's just not yeah. a lot of these professional bodies are not regulated and there's not a lot of regulation. So this is very, very interesting. And then I guess my last question uh, for you, Farai, is do you, is because I'm thinking, honestly, this is my thought, <laughs> the back of my head is, if I'm building back rooms in the location, do I need a structural civil engineer? I know <laughs> only just I can pay you per hour, but do I really need you? Do you recommend, is there a project that is so insignificant because it's so small? Um, I'm building through ba three back rooms. Is it necessary? Yeah. But then I'm also thinking Mizo's wall. 
Ya. Yeah. <laughs> any building in South Africa has got some regulations that apply to them. So Oh, wow. You need to consult. You need to consult professionals. Even if you look at the municipal bylaws, etc. Anything that you construct, it might be your 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 stand or anything. But there are municipal bylaws which are applicable. Yeah, I think I think so. I don't know what other professionals have said to you, but it's not like you can build anywhere in your own stand. There are things that we call servitudes. And building lines, yeah. yeah, and building yeah. lines. In case where you want to build, there's a, a, a water pipe there. When it bursts, uh, one day when you're sleeping, you see water coming out when it's not raining <laughs> outside there. Yeah, so it's it's those are some of the things that are meant to be protected. So whenever yes, you absolutely. want to build anything, they are applicable laws. So you must just probably abide by those. Okay. Yeah. Okay. We absolutely. Ben, I don't know about you. you. No, I think I am graduating as a civil engineer <laughs> at the end of this process. <laughs> <laughs> wow, Nisa. Like I should say things like that. Like Ah, Nisa, I've been around you long enough. Now I'm a doctor. I can go and perform surgery. <laughs> Yeah, I know. I mean, I'm a civil engineer. I'm graduating. You guys are waiting for universities to confer degrees. I'm good. <laughs> I know <laughs> All right, this was so helpful. That's why. So thank you. I'm more than welcome. Thank you. Okay. So let's move on to the next segment of the show. On to the next segment of our show: magical feedback from our hosts where our hosts share their three takeaways from today's episode. Welcome to Magical Feedback, guys. Um, Mizo, do you want to start us off on Magical Feedback? Hmm. Why me? All right, let me take it first. <laughs> <laughs> let me take it first because I, I keep telling you guys, when you are a property mentor, your listening ear becomes tuned in a totally different way. I've got lots of mentees who come with excitement. They say, we were trying to buy this piece of land or I have this piece of land mm. with lots of excitement. Yeah. Right? And I keep saying, your piece of land is worth nothing and it's not bringing you money until you know that it has been properly rezoned and you know the geophysics that is underneath that soil, right? And Farai confirmed that when he was talking about dolomitic uh, depositions because you mm. buy a piece of land which honestly is not even usable. You can't build anything. The best you can do is to plant cabbages on it and you can't build a thing on them. Right. So yeah. I thought that was a very, very good thing. And you 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 can be sold a booby trap with pieces of land. So be careful. That is so powerful what you've said because yeah. some pieces of land, especially in Joburg, are so expensive. Yeah. Now, what do you do when you have that piece of land? So on that same uh takeaway for me, it was just Understanding how important water and sewer services are that like yeah. municipalities can actually pause development yeah. over a water and sewer issues. So sewage, again, yes. just, I don't know, like this is important stuff. I would never have considered this. So my takeaway from this is, uh, again, you want to get the proper people on board from the get-go so what I took away from that was also just the importance of making sure that you have your professionals even before you're buying the piece of land yes. right or anything really you're just like you get your team together and you say just come you know that 1,000 rand for an hour can save you millions of rands down the line because what Absolutely. do you do in such Absolutely. situations when municipalities say, no, you can't move forward with the project, but you've already mm. spent millions on it? 
Mm -hmm. Yeah, for beginner investors, that's why I keep saying, if your father and your grandfather left you the piece of land, well and good, good luck, and that is that mm -hmm. is probably the best. But if you can, for a beginner investor, avoid those unless you know what you're doing. The mm -hmm. piece of land right next to my house, for instance, when it was being sold, it was expensive, but it, it was made expensive by the fact that the developer that owned it had already rezoned it for yes. a huge development with multiple uh, townhouses. So whoever yes. was buying was already buying the rezoning, the servitude, the bulk um, engineering services had already been plotted. So he, mm. he bought it for cheap, he got it rezoned, he got the bulk engineering services and it was declared a township already. So for all intents and purposes, he was selling an expensive piece of land and it really, really has worked for the developer that bought it after him. Wow. So it's not, you know, development and land is not something that you play with when you are a beginner investor, right? Hmm. So thank you for that's that. That's my takeaway. Yeah. My second takeaway <laughs> was just mm -hmm. um, the interesting building trends that we're seeing. What yeah. I keep hearing about the new trends uh, from all the other um, uh, po uh, professionals that we've had on is that yeah. it seems like they are, there's this constant evolution within the building industry to see if things can be built for longer, but faster yeah. and cheaper. Absolutely. So I think, so as I'm hearing this, I'm like, how many of us actually even knew about prefab slabs? I think yeah. we kind of knew about it from Swaz episode, episode three, because she three. does prefab yeah. building. But most of us don't even know that actually, you know what, especially if you're doing a major construction, just go with the prefab slabs and um, you save yourself days waiting for the concrete to dry, pouring concrete in place, all that. You make less mistakes. So uh, my takeaway is always ask about latest trends that construction companies and builders on your team are using and if they can build with certain materials that could make the process cheaper and faster for you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I like that. And then... Um, here is one thing that has consoled me um, as 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 a last as a last takeaway is that civil engineers are held liable mm. for the decisions that they make for built yes. environments. So they actually take a professional indemnity insurance against their mm -hmm. profession and they can be struck off the role just like any any professional service. That is such a consolation to know that you these people can be insured and structures can be insured against professional misjudgment or something like that. But that doesn't help if a wall falls on someone and kills them. You can never bring back that individual, yes. you know. But yes. I think that has consoled me because I know now that I can hold that engineer that passed my neighbor's wall accountable for the piece of wall that he passed, which shouldn't have past mm. right mm. so that was a good learning for me i know yeah now no they, that was they, also they, a big takeaway for me and it's it it's the convincing factor to help me get <laughs> to make sure that i get a, a civil structural engineer and then my last takeaway yeah. is just that there's no project so small that mm -hmm. you can ignore the professionals like a structural civil engineer right um so what he said was that in south africa you need a lot of documents signed off by these professionals so just to save yourself the drama down the line rather get the professionals from the start so that you have all the proper documentation. Because as you're talking, I'm thinking, if something, heaven forbid, like a wall falls on someone and a yeah. life is taken, without all those things, without all those documents, you now have tons of um, other charges that you have to deal with. 
you know? Yeah. So just make sure that you get, you find out what documents do these professionals have to sign on your behalf and make sure that you get mm -hmm. those documents after they've done the work. That so that was my them. major takeaway. Yeah. yeah. So shall we move on to the next segment? Let's do that then. Now on to the journey to magical expansion, where we ask our guests the same five questions we ask every guest. So guys, welcome to Magical Expansion. I'm going to have Mizo kick us off. <laughs> okay, Farai. These are the five same five personal questions that we ask every guest to help us understand how to create magic out of property. What book changed your life? It can be a fable story, it can be a real estate story, or it can be a business story or civil engineering book. Okay. <laughs> what book changed your life? Would, would you say changed your life? If it's not a book, give me another resource. <laughs> All right. Uh, He's laughing. <laughs> I don't know our I listeners read, about you laughing. I haven't read any any book in a long, yeah. long while other than other than the Bible. Mm. Oh wow. But awesome. yeah, that's that, that's where we get that's where I get my motivation. I think uh, I'm here issues. Yeah, remember, I, I, you know, when I when an engineer and I read in the Bible, like when it said the walls of Jericho fell, and then you're looking at the dimensions. Yeah, how much force was applied on this thing for it to collapse <laughs> like this? <laughs> so that's how I that's how I read it. <laughs> so I, I honestly think you've missed the point of the inspiration behind this book. <laughs> So, yeah, <laughs> so, it's, it's, it's mainly the Bible. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm not a person who reads, <laughs> but I take inspiration from things every day. Uh, yeah. yeah, we can appreciate that taking inspiration yeah. every day from things. Yeah. Okay, and what keeps you inspired? What keeps you keeps you inspired? What makes me wake up in the morning and bath and whatever? I think my <laughs> wife, my kids, when I think of them, friends, family. Yeah. Yeah. They are, they are yeah. motivation on their, <laughs> on their own. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm. Awesome. So, so Farai, what do you wish you had known and done before? becoming a civil engineer or embarking on a uh, property journey? Would you have still chosen the engine and the oil? <laughs> uh, not really. I, I, I really, I really enjoy what I'm, what I'm doing. Uh, mm. But yeah, I, I just thought, yeah, I know these things at a much younger age, I think it could help help me just to narrow my professional and align me more, just to have more information. Remember, some of us when we grow up, we used to queue at the library just to read a book, etc. So yeah. Uh, but with now with the information readily available, I envy the kids of these days. So yeah, I know what are the requirements, what are the expectations. Yeah, I should have been. A better engineer, like from my first, uh, from my early years in the in the career, just because I've the got, profession. yeah, yeah, yeah. I already have knowledge on what needs to be needs to be done, but uh, okay. I gathered the information slowly as I went yeah. on. But it's a, it's a thing that has changed uh, okay. with the current innovations. Yeah. Wow, that's actually uh, powerful. Mm. I hope that kids of today appreciate, appreciate. information yeah. at their fingertips, right? Mm -hmm. um, what do you think you still want and you still need to learn in civil engineering and structural civil engineering? Ah, there's, there's quite a lot. Uh, personally, I, I've got a, 
a thing that I said for myself. Every day I must learn something new yeah, yes. in my career. Yeah, mm -hmm. so it might be the softwares that I use. Oh, okay. uh, it might, yeah, it might be some of the aspects of the new building the technologies that we discussed earlier. I'm really okay. Into, I can just okay. flip through a magazine. Oh, this is what uh, people want now. A lot of glass in their houses. Oh, so okay. how do I fit in here? Ah, okay. Mm. All right. Oh, this is good. Oh, so okay. I should align my profession towards that. So there are, there are quite a lot of things that I'm learning regarding new technologies. Uh, what are the most sustainable ways to build? What are the yeah. cheaper ways to build? I think you, you appreciate that we've got accommodation problems here in South Africa. So yes. what are the better ways to to build this thing cheaper, but having something very, very decent? So yes. this is what um, yeah, um, uh, I want to learn more about. Mm. Wow. Okay. And do you have a podcast? I think Mizo is frozen, so I'm going to do her last question as well. Do you okay. have a podcast or a resource uh, that you can share with people that are interested in learning more about structural civil engineering that people can go check up on or even just building trends, like how you're just talking about trends, building, anything that people can check out? It can be a YouTube video. It can be a Facebook page, an Instagram profile that they can follow, anything really. Uh, I, I don't have anything in the digital space, uh, but, but I'm, I'm, I'm always available if anyone needs advice uh, mm. on any topics that relates to civil and structural. Uh, if I can't be there, take pictures, yeah. send it on WhatsApp, or what's your take on this thing? I give you advice. So I'm, I'm readily available to, to, to share mm -hmm. my expertise uh, uh, on my particular areas of knowledge. I don't have uh, mm. podcasts or YouTube videos or, or a Facebook account. Wow. Okay. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> I'm, 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 <laughs> I'm willing. To, I'm willing to share. I'm willing you to have share my. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So, so how do people contact you, Farai? People are listening here and we all have the same issues i'm laughing because you know they i really in my family i have seen buildings just go out guys like no architect <laughs> there's been nothing that we've had on this podcast i've seen yeah. structures stand through the grace of god <laughs> That yeah. and people can can get me on my email address. Uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, I can share the email address that you are using, and then okay. I'll, I'll gladly attend to any uh, advice that people might want to seek regarding. Okay. Because people are sometimes listening; they haven't received an email from us, or they haven't signed up to the mailing list, so they don't. They haven't gotten your email. Do you mind just? Uh, saying it out to them. All right. You can get hold of me on Farai, F A R A I at F I J Consulting dot C O dot Z A. Thank you. Oh, wow. This was so much fun. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you very much. Very <laughs> insightful. Thank you Thank so you. much, Farai. And thank you for precious guest and thank you for uh, graduating me into the engineering profession. Welcome to the fraternity. It has been a pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, thank All right. you, Farai. Thank you, Property Magicians. Thank you, Mizo. We'll see you guys in the next episode. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. <laughs> thank you for listening, Property Magicians. My name is Vangile Makwakwa and I am your host on the show. I help people heal their ancestral money stories so that they can fall in love with their bank accounts, become financially free and live their best lives. So if you would love to increase your income or you'd love to pay off your debts and increase your savings, 
contact me. You can contact me on the Wealthy Money website at wealthy-money.com. Again, wealthy-money.com. Or you can email me at vangile at wealthy-money.com. Again, vangile at wealthy-money.com. Find me on Facebook on the Wealthy Money group or on the Wealthy Money page or find me on Twitter and Instagram as Vangile Makwakwa. Now over to my co-host. Thank you for listening. I am Dr. Miranda Prop Doc, Doc Mum on all the social media platforms on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. I'm the host of Property Magicians Podcast and I'm a property mentor. I mentor newbie property investors to help them to begin and to take action. Your journey into property investment begins with me from property registration, from property company registration to picking the correct strategy that suits where you are at. Find me on my inbox at miranda at wealthy-money.com. Again, inbox me at miranda at wealthymoney.com if you want me to help you start your property journey.